Just know in a couple. <laughs> what you say? I said just know in a couple years I'm gone. Yeah, you gonna have to be because they gonna take all the money. It's it's gonna be a whole generation of people who's gonna grow up that can't read just because of yeah. <laughs> what he's trying to do. In or don't just don't know anything about history for real. Yeah. Oh man, it's gonna be scary. Twenty years from now, like when my nephew grows up, he turns four this year. By the time he's 18, 19, I wonder what kind of effect the stuff that DeSantis is doing and with social media, what is that going to do to this whole generation of people? Like today, when the Wi-Fi was out on campus, first of all, we had a young lady come over to the welcome desk and I happened to be standing there and she was like, hey, is the Wi-Fi out? I said, yeah, none of ours is working. So yeah, I've been trying for 30 minutes. I said, yeah, our stuff's been out for like a couple hours. And then another student said, don't try to one-up her. I said, I'm just saying, like, what do y'all y'all get on my nerves? So then she's asking us, uh, do you know when it's going to be back on? Why why the fuck would I know? Mm. <laughs> How would I know? I, do I look like IT? Like, what? Why Definitely. would I know? And she, but you saw just everybody didn't know, they didn't know what to do without the Wi-Fi working. They was just lost and didn't know. I'm like, well... It's probably going to be about, you know, on campuses, Wi-Fi just randomly be out out of nowhere every blue moon. But yeah, it's kind of scary to see because millennials is halfway with it. But Gen Z is all the way in it that if there's no Wi-Fi, niggas don't know what to do with their life. Yeah, I mean, if my Wi-Fi, which this doesn't happen often, but if my Wi-Fi goes out of my apartment, I just go to a coffee shop or something. Yeah, well, see, for me, that's why I've been thinking about changing my cable and stuff, because I use Sling TV, and that's and that's internet-based. So when my Wi-Fi is messed up, I can't watch no type of anything yeah. on TV. I can't watch Hulu, Netflix, Sling TV, or anything. And then even if I'm just using data on my phone, it's moving incredibly slow if I'm not connected. It's weird. If I'm not connected to Wi-Fi at home, it moves incredibly slow to do anything on the internet. But yeah. if I'm out in public somewhere in the car or whatever, everything is running smoothly. Hmm. So I don't understand that. But when I'm home with no Wi-Fi, it struggles like crazy. Like even when you like even when your phone's not connected to the Wi-Fi, like when it's just data, it struggles. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That but that's just at home. Anywhere else is fine. Think about when I'm traveling. I'm got my music playing. There's times where I'll have the Sling TV app playing in the background when I'm driving to work because I'm just listening to one of the sports TV shows from ESPN or something like that. And it works just fine. But if I'm at home trying to play Sling TV over my phone, it won't play without uh, Wi-Fi. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get that either. Yeah. So I've been thinking about going back to traditional cable almost like Spectrum and all that to regular TV. Say what? But you might as well. I mean, it bothers me every time a new streaming service comes out because it's like, yo, like, <laughs> it, it don't make sense. Them, you might as well have a cable bill again. Yeah, especially the people that have all the all the streaming services. But now Sling TV, I got it because it was only $15 a month and you was getting 30 channels. And I only watched like six channels. But now it should have went up to $40. So now I'm paying 40 So I've been thinking about doing Hulu Live because with because I already have Hulu anyways, which I'm paying what twelve dollars a month I think because I do the no ads, and so I'm already paying like twelve dollars, and the Hulu Live I think is fifty two dollars. So between Sling TV and Hulu, I'm paying fifty two dollars right now. Yeah, that's a better deal, honestly. Yeah, so I may be going to that because I'm trying to save all as much money as I can, and everything keeps going up. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure all these places, now there's a lot of places that probably don't aren't even affected by inflation, but they're going to use it as an excuse to raise their prices and stuff. But gas has been going back down and chicken legs have went down, went back down. Down here, it's been, gas has been slowly going up. See, so before, probably two weeks ago, for about two weeks to three weeks span, I think right before or right after you came here, gas prices was going up going up and up because i had got gas a while ago for only like 270 two it mm. was two it was like 262 when i got gas at one point mm. and then a week later it was 275 then 285 and then it got up to 330 again and now it's back down to like i think i got it the other day for 315 yeah back here it's been up to over three dollars for a while now Oh, like, see, it got down to, but, but we did have the, uh, they had passed that, uh, Georgia had passed the no uh, gas tax, though. I forgot we had that for a while, no gas tax. So I think that expired now, and that's why we saw it go jump up to 330, but now it's back down to like 315. I miss, I remember, I ain't gonna lie, do you remember how much gas was around like your senior year of high school? Because I remember taking a trip with my friends, and gas was like $1.98. Yeah, I wasn't driving at that time. Well, I wasn't driving, but I remember like riding with my friends and we're all putting in on gas and everybody only has to put in like $5 because gas was so cheap. Mm. I remember one time riding with my friends. It's like five of us. And my homegirl's like, all right, everybody put in $30 for gas. I was like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's it's like, I think it was six people in the car or five people in the car. And why is everybody now? I said, you're not just asking us to put in on, you want us to just fill up your tank for you. Right. Like niggas, I tell you. So like, all right. How far were y'all driving? Because thirty dollars times six people, you said five or six people. And this was back in two thousand six. Ain't no way, no, bro. And I'm, I'm like, I know I'm not being cheap. Like yeah. we drove somewhere. It was probably forty five minutes away, but still. No. <laughs> right, like you just trying to get us to fill up your tank for this this trip and more. Yeah, she wants her gas paid for the month. Yeah, because she was because that's 30, 60, 90, 120, 150. <laughs> I tell you, niggas be niggas. All right. Um, welcome to another hour of the chicken liquor hour. We got uh Dr. Clark back in the building. How's it going, my brother? It's you know, it's it's a, an everlasting struggle, but it's Black History Month. So yeah. that's shout out to Black History Month. Um oh, so I have a story. Let's uh uh we have a segment called Am I Tripping? Uh so am I tripping? So uh, I went to I went and hung out with a mutual friend of ours that uh, worked with us at Florida State that lives here in Atlanta. Uh, okay. You know what I'm talking about. Um, so I, they his girlfriend had a, a kickback at her crib and he wanted me to come through. He's like, bro, there's some fine women going to be over here. Come through. So I go over there and, of course, I uh, take a bottle of tequila. And so we're all in there and we're drinking, chit-chatting, playing music and stuff. And they're all like, well, we're about to go out. And I'm so where y'all going? They said, are we going to the strip club? I said, well, I literally just went two weeks ago. Uh, and I said, I don't want to be one of those guys that's going to the strip club all the time. And mm -hmm. so I was like, I'm just going to go home. They're like, no, nah, we going. Come on, let's, we all going together. Like, we're having a good time. We vibing. Let's just go. And I was trying not to go. I said, all right. So we went to uh, Cheetah's, which... It's only, uh, compared to where we went, it's only $10 to get in. <laughs> only $10. So I drove and one chick rode with me and then our other dude rode with me as well. And we drove. And so it was $10 to park as opposed to $40, $60, and $80 to park. 
So, and then we get there and, and they, the, um, and so it's only valet, only valet parking. And dude's like, uh, he said, yeah, we only doing, uh, we only take cash out. I said, no cash or card. Hmm. This is one of those times where I actually had cash. And he said, no, nah, only cash out. I said, uh, all right, that's the only thing you got to take. That's weird. That's, so, that's sketchy. Bruh, that's what I was thinking. So I paid that. And then, oh, dude, since he was like, oh, since you drove, uh, I'll pay for your way to get in. And then he found out it was only $10. So he was even happier about that. So we go in and stuff and we kicking it. We're having a good time sitting at a little booth or whatever, just having a good time. I only had three tequila and limes. That's all I had. Have a good time. I got a little tipsy. So I left before everybody else and went on home. And then, uh, so that was Friday night. And then, so Sunday, he texted uh, all the guys that went in a group text. He's like, y'all, thanks for coming out. We had a good time. Just love black people being together, having fun. Uh, don't forget to don't forget to send me the $100 for the section. And I was like, we didn't, I, so I'm staring at my phone. But <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy to be like, bro, I ain't paying this. Like, I, cause I, I just didn't want to be that guy or whatnot. But I thought that was kind of whack because they didn't tell me anything yeah. about a section and splitting it. And remember, I wasn't even going to go at first. Yeah. And they convinced me to go. Like, am I tripping for being kind of annoyed by that? No. Like, like you said, like, they encourage you to go out when you're about to go home. So they put you in a position to have to pay $100. Right. And that's an extra $100 that I didn't have to budget. Like, thank God I have the money. But that's an extra $100 that if you don't know you're about to pay $100 and then out of nowhere, you got to pay it. Like, you're going to be annoyed at that. But he should have told y'all when y'all got there that he was getting a section that y'all would have to split. Right. Because I didn't know anything about that. And so I will say throughout the night, he kept saying, hey, order whatever you want, bro, because we got to get the tab up to blah, blah, blah. We got to get the tab up to this amount. But I'm not thinking what that means. And so I'm thinking they got that. They got a section for his girl or something. And yeah. I didn't know that this was a if they would have said something before, then I definitely would have just went home because I wasn't trying to spend extra hundred dollars out of nowhere. Yeah. So yeah, I was, I'm so, I said, when I, next time I hang out with him, I'm going to just let him know, like, I was kind of taken back from that. I I didn't really like that, but mm. I didn't want to be that nebby like, man, this nigga broke. He can't afford, he, he ain't trying to pay or, you know how niggas are. And so I didn't want to be like that, but that was kind of whack though, wasn't it? Definitely. <laughs> I stared at the text for a second, just like. I would have too. <laughs> I was like, maybe he didn't mean to put me in this text. <laughs> maybe I wasn't supposed to be here but I went ahead and paid it but it really kind of you know yeah that was you know. but how was Cheetahs compared to the place we went to uh obviously where we went is definitely more expensive where we went is more of like niggas and not niggas in a bad way but niggas in you know they like to overcharge for shit and price up stuff like I mean like uh for everybody who's listening we went to Onyx and parking, first of all, when we asked how much, they was like $40 over there, $60 here, and 80 up front. And of course, we, and it wasn't one car, it was like one car in a parking lot when we got there. Yeah. It was empty as shit. So, but, uh, and then it was what, $20 to get in, but that's because we got there like 9 15. Because by the time my, my boy got there, he, I think at 11, he paid 40 to get in. But it seemed more like a spot where it seemed like a lot of people, like a lot of couples were there. It was a lot of couples and older people as well. It was a lot of older couples. The dancers, um, no disrespect, but they wasn't as attractive as the ones on. The ones on us was bad as hell. Mm -hmm. They was fine as hell. 
and they just wasn't as it's it just seemed like a whole lot of it seemed like just a lot of regular chicks like just regular chicks i mean it was cool the vibe was cool but it definitely wasn't as ratchet as onyx nowhere near as ratchet it was it wasn't all just rap music all night they was playing like some of them white strip club music they they uh, played fucking flow rider at one point they love flow rider white people love flow rider bruh they fucking love him so they play flow rider and playing stuff like madonna what like a virgin or whatever bullshit they play, uh pour some sugar on me definitely yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't but also it was ten dollars to get in so <laughs> i also wasn't tripping or whatnot but yeah, it, it was just cool. I think I'm going to do what you told me to do. Like I did my brunch reviews on social media. I'm going to do the strip club reviews. I think I'll do that. And so, yeah, Cheetahs, Cheetahs was cool. It wasn't too bad or whatnot. But I didn't even have to be like, man, I ain't getting no dances here. I just didn't care to get a dance. It, like, remember at Onyx, I kept saying, I ain't getting no dances. I ain't, I'm just chilling. I'm just having my drinks. And then I ended up dancing, getting dances somehow. Mm-hmm. At, at cheetahs it wasn't even difficult to not dance bro it, it wasn't but what made it more fun is because it was a big group of us and going to the strip club with a group of women is always hella fun too yeah. and they was really fun they, they it was a really good time with all of them so that made it made it really cool but uh and then uh my you know my brother ricky he had some friends in town uh you Wait a minute, did you? No, you didn't meet his friends. Uh, but no, because that's when the same weekend I'm tripping. But he had some friends in town, and you know how you niggas, y'all come to Atlanta, y'all want the real Atlanta experience. He was like, man, you know why we here, bro? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what so the his friend and his friend's girl was both here, and it's like, bro, we in Atlanta, we gotta go to the strip club. I said, yo, I went to the strip club yesterday and two weeks ago. I'm not about to be that guy in the strip club. And see, said, if, you, if you go to different ones every time, no one's gonna think that of you. That is true. Cause now if I went back to the same one yeah. twice in a row, they're gonna be like, damn, this nigga is horny. <laughs> like, weren't you just here last week? <laughs> right. Oh man, that would be the worst if you're with different people, but mm-hmm. then a stripper or someone at the door is like, yo, Will. <laughs> All right, good, to, good to see you again, Mr. Tom. <laughs> you want your uh same order? I got you. Like that would be yeah, embarrassing. Yeah. But we went to uh Pink Pony this time, and Pink Pony is more of the where people go and they really kicking it and hanging out. Um, they're not like they're, a, it's probably a lot of regulars that go to Pink Pony as well. So mm. it's just a real, it's a cool, chill time. Um, but they're one of those strip clubs where it's petty, where you'll get there and they're like, oh, we're not taking cash tonight, only card, only cards. So then you got to go use their ATM, which you go to, they're going to charge you to $9 or whatever to get money out the ATM to pay, which is a little annoying. But it's cool. The the girls are the girls there are really cool though. Like they're hella cool. They're very down to earth, picking it, chit chatting and stuff too. Like one chick, she was uh dancing and she saw me and Ricky just kind of like amazed because what she was doing in that pole was amazing. She got through dancing and just came over, sat down, was like y'all show me so much love, thank y'all so much. And she sat there for about fifteen minutes chit chatting. And this girl talking about that she's a uh, I think she said she's a lawyer, actually. But she does this part time just for some uh, for travel money and because she likes dancing and she likes being naked in front of people. Atlanta is the only city where you will find people like that. Where it's not like she's a student trying to pay for law school. No, she's a full fledged lawyer and she just uses that money to travel. And so I told her, I said, well, you know, when you was dancing, 
we was trying to figure out what race you are because we can she said well what did y'all think and we was like albanian she said no i'm just black and white he said oh well, that's a little disappointing he <laughs> thought she was gonna be something different he said no i'm just black and white she's from uh nashville <laughs> also but uh and she was tall as shit but she was hella cool another chick that uh i got her instagram and her number and we was chit-chatting mm-hmm. once again like from the other club when i was talking to the other chicks you know, I just like chit chat. See how they? How did you get here? How'd you end up here? You should um do like a documentary, or like I don't know about a documentary, but like just like you know, like the Humans of New York. Uh, oh idea. yeah. <laughs> you should do like Strippers of Atlanta, where you talk to them about their lives and post it. Hey, that would be fire. Just start inviting them to talk on a podcast, and we just talk about so. That'd but it's cool. gotta be it's gotta be the ones who don't mind people knowing that they're. Yeah, that course. they're dancers or whatnot because they're, there's probably a lot of them that don't want that don't care if people find out but they'd rather people not know that they are so but that would be really fun now I'm I want to message them but I don't I'm a little nervous to message and ask them if they want to get on and talk about that though like I low-key want to but I'm a little nervous I ain't gonna lie but but I would, uh, lead, up huh? I would lead up to it I wouldn't open with that Oh, hell no. Yeah, because I mean, they do. We like it. We do have little conversations here and there, randomly comment on each other's posts and stuff like that. So I'll figure it out. But Pea Pony is cool. Yeah, it's chill. Um, oh, Cheetahs, though, they they have like all kind of they have hella food. They have a huge menu. They're truly more like a restaurant featuring a strip club low key. OK, it's like a restaurant where like Onyx is a strip club with food. But Cheetahs feels like a restaurant featuring food and like nigga, like all kind of pasta and lamb chops and roast beef, nigga, and just all kind of food. It's wild. It, it really is wild. Sliders, tacos, pizza, everything. And it's wild. That's, like that's too much of a variety of stuff, though. <laughs> I don't trust places that have just all kinds of different stuff like that. <laughs> hey, but the food was good, though, bro. It was good though. So it, it was cool though. But like I said, and then like Pink Pony, the girls were very attractive too. But Pink Pony is the one that's very diverse. They're, they got white women, Hispanic women, older women, young. Like they, like Onyx was pretty much black and then like Hispanic women. Yeah. Obviously. And rap music all night. Mm-hmm. But yeah, pour some sugar on me, bullshit, and all that other, <laughs> all that other stuff. But uh, it was cool. Uh, uh, so I went to basically three very different types of strip clubs. I would say out of those three, I like Onyx the best, but you obviously gonna have to pay. You're gonna have to pay for that. But um unless you got there bad early. Like we were, we was just kicking it. And then we gradually saw more and more people coming in. But that DJ was going hard the whole time, even when no one was in there. He did not give a shit. He was popping. So, but also you know it's more of a nigga spot too, because you saw all the cash just sitting on the floor like crazy. Yeah. You see, see, so at Onyx, you see a lot more of just girls all over the place, like giving dances and all of that. Plus, and they was getting booty hole naked in Onyx. They was butt naked and you could touch on those women in Onyx. But at Cheetahs, you can't touch them. Mm. You're not touching them. And and then at uh, Pink Pony, a lot of them wasn't even getting, all, some of them would get all the way naked, but most of them was just getting topless. Mm. And then, or they would just pull their uh, underwear down some and then like just by their thighs or whatever and pull them back up and stuff. But at Onyx, them girls was taking it all the way off and some of them was just walking around butt naked. 
As soon as you say you want to dance, they slide their panties off. They sure, <laughs> they sure did. And then it's funny because when people are like, how much money do you spend? I'm like, I just like keep giving them money as they're dancing. I don't just go ahead and give them one flat 20 or 50, whatever, right there at the beginning. I'll just, I just keep giving ones. Mm-hmm. That's how I just kept giving ones and stuff. So um, all three very different experiences, very different types of places, very different types of women, different types of people that's there. Pink Pony also has a, a buffet for Super Bowl Sunday, all you can eat buffet, and it's like fifty dollars, like all together to get in for all you can eat, and then like some free drinks too. Oh, it's really okay. not a bad deal. Yeah. It's really, it's really not a bad deal. So Pink Pony also seems like more of the regulars, like people who just live in Atlanta and go, because you know, like the Onyx of the world, Diamonds. That's where everyone's that visit, they're trying to go to more those more popular, obviously Blue Flame, Magic City, but Magic City is going to be crowded all the time. Um, but you know, and so I, and the people that I went with to uh, Cheetahs, it was pretty much everybody who's like between 28 and like 34, 35. So everybody's in the same mindset. We, we went at like 7.30. We went mad early, but it was at Cheetah though, it was already packed at 7.30. It was a lot of people in there. So you can tell that's a very different type of strip club. You go to Onyx at 7.30, ain't nobody in there. And Pink Pony is free before 7. Well, I wonder if in Cheetahs, people are there all day. Because, like, some strip clubs are open during the day, I, too. That's what I'm saying. Oh, no, Cheetahs is open during the day. Okay. Yeah. I think it's that and Pink Pony. So I think that's one of those types of spots. But uh, it was cool. I mean, I actually ended up having a good time. So, uh, so yeah. Um, so yeah, good times. Uh, all three different types of strip clubs. Yes, I was annoyed by um, paying that random hundred dollars that I was not expecting. I would post that as a clip, but I don't want him to see that and think that I'm talking shit when I haven't said anything to him yet. So uh, I'll wait. I so I definitely won't post that. All right. Um, around the news, uh, there's this. Have you heard the story of this father who intentionally drove a car off the cliff? With his wife and two kids in it, basically trying to kill them, trying to kill everybody, and everyone survived. This was recently. Yeah, this is a couple of weeks ago, and everyone oh. survived, bro. I didn't hear can, about that. Can you imagine, like, you <laughs> might go unconscious or something and wake up, and your wife is still there, and all of that. And so it took them a while, but after investigating, they found out he, they found out he did it on purpose, that it was intentional. Ain't that crazy? That would be awkward, but <laughs> bro, like, like, what do you what do you say to your wife? As soon as everyone gets out the hospital, like so, uh, <laughs> what do y'all want to do for dinner? <laughs> and imagine, imagine her not divorcing them. Like, well, I can forgive them. Everyone makes mistakes. Um, like that's wild as hell. I, you say that as a joke, but I could picture someone actually doing that. Yeah, that's the scary part. Um, also, this man filed a two point three million dollar lawsuit against a woman who says that she friends on him, and it caused him anxiety and trauma. I did hear about that. <laughs> bro doesn't that sound like some straight up gen z shit though yes that's <laughs> i think this was in china if i'm not mistaken oh huh. yeah yeah but he's got to be rich like that's something that's that's not something broke people would do that's something that uh that's like something a rich white man that works like on wall street would do that's been single for a while it's like what's the angle of a lawsuit like that <laughs> like do are you do, do you really think you're going to get money out like do you really think a judge is actually even going to allow you to take this to court 
there's no way. Also, what's your case? Like, <laughs> she calls what, him what, distressed. She called him distressed. <laughs> how did he get a lawyer to even file that? Yeah, what lawyer? He's got to have like a family member that's a lawyer. <laughs> there's no way a lawyer's like, oh man, I, I'm willing to take this case. Well, if you paying, if you got enough money and you're going to pay the lawyer, a lawyer's going to take that case. I guess. A lawyer is going to take that case, bro. It's been more people that have looked guilty and people and they take that. Think about all these rappers that they be like, free like, <laughs> taking Young Thug's case, that might be almost the same because that nigga, like, he going to jail. I mean, they in there passing Percocets in court. <laughs> They're passing Percocets in court, bro. Yeah, I, saw, I don't know what that was. Some people <laughs> seem to think I was a setup just to get him in trouble. Well, it worked. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it worked. How do you feel about the whole using lyrics against rappers in court? I'm not with it. I feel like that means like if a rapper is a good enough storyteller, then they can potentially get in trouble for it. Yeah. Like I feel like if there's other evidence besides the song lyrics, then like I get it. Like okay, like go ahead. But if it's just the song lyrics, then nah, I don't think you should be able to do that. So I'm with you on that. But I'm also like, these rappers, most of these rappers, they're claiming everything that they say in the lyrics are real. That's like, that's what like, these, those type of rappers are claiming what they're saying is real. So it's like, no, I don't want that to be used against you. But I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm really not that angry, to be honest, because it's, it's very detrimental. Like now that I'm older, it's also I'm older. I see it's very detrimental. Like, and there's a difference to me. I feel like there's a difference with like these, especially the younger rappers too, or even like the young thugs of the world, the little boosies of the world, especially, and compared to how Jay-Z was rapping about that type of stuff, you know? Like mm -hmm. it, it just sounds like Jay-Z sounds more like an art form. These and then now the boosies, but especially the younger rappers, it sounds more like bragging. It doesn't sound like an art form with them. And so now that I'm older, I really see it is very detrimental because you see these young kids who don't live that type of lifestyle, like they're actually trying to live that lifestyle now. They want to live that lifestyle. They want to be, they want to be from the streets or whatnot, yeah. you know? And it's and it's weird. And I guess being a young when I was younger, I didn't realize that there was people who was trying to do that when they wasn't actually living their life. So even someone like Drake, who I don't I don't think he's trying to make it seem like he's a thug and in the streets, but I could see how a 10-year-old kid could listen to certain songs of his where he would talk about like running up on someone and all that and think that Drake is really living that life. I don't see that happening with Drake. I can see it happening with other rappers. I think with Drake, it's clearly like an act. And a but he said, I, no, I think you're smart enough to see that and grown folk are smart enough to see that. But I could totally see how some 12-year-old, especially some 12-year-old little white kid from the suburbs who don't know any black people, they I could see how they could think that low-key, especially seeing him on songs with French Montana, Rick Ross, and all of that too. So I mean, I may be exaggerating, but... I mean, I feel like the concern lies more with like drill music and like that ultra violent stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it, it it is scary to see, but yeah, I agree. I I think it's messed up to use the lyrics, but the fact that there's a but the fact that 
it keeps happening and they keep using lyrics against these rappers and then the rappers continue to say all this stuff on tracks like you're dumb that like it just doesn't make sense and when you and it's wild because when you break it down and you hear these lawyers repeating the song repeating the lyrics without the beat behind it no cadence to the flow and it's not a song anymore and they're just reading the words you're like god right. dang that shit is violent which I, that shouldn't be allowed because when you take stuff out of context it sounds <laughs> like you should at least play it in the song that's what now i like i feel like they should be playing the song not being able to read the lyrics because that's a whole different context. That's like um, reading my reading a tweet out loud. Like I'll I'll tweet something, and it's literally a joke. I obviously mean nothing by it at all. I'm literally trying to get a laugh, even if it's someone thinks it's offensive or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I remember back in the day when I was like 19 and 20 on Twitter, and I post stuff like, uh, "Man, these people with that whole gas station accent is wild." And like talking about like, and I said just like, oh, what's his name about? What's his name, Babu or whatever from The Simpsons? Yeah. That had the, and I'm like, yeah, dude from The Simpsons with that thick gas station accent. That's crazy. Like that's wild that I was tweeting that back then. You can't tweet that now. But if someone would go and read that tweet in court, they would be like, this is racist. I mean, it's like with like stand-up comedians when people like pick out oh, that's like, the worst an offensive joke and just read it like at face value, and it's like you're not getting the tone <laughs> that they said it with. You're not getting the context around it. Also, you're not even letting people know that actually the entire audience found it funny. Right. It's just like when they talk. When, that's why I hate like just kind of switching it up to like for comedians when they like comedians can't tell any jokes anymore. Everybody's offended, and I'm Bill Bear would say, "Who's offended?" And they're like, everyone. He said, who's everyone? The crowd, America. He said, well, when I'm on tour and I'm out at these with just people in arenas and bars and all that, he said, I don't get that. He said, there might be one or two people that get up and walk out. He said, but if it's a crowd of 10,000 people and only one person was offended and left or only one person tweeted about it that was angry, is it is it really that difficult to tell jokes? Or are comedians just too lazy and telling the same old tired jokes from the nineties and two thousands? That's what it's like watching one of the, I was watching a, a, the roast of James Franco and Aziz Ansari was on there. And every, almost every single comedian made fun of Aziz Ansari, calling him like the Indian in the cupboard, mm-hmm. talked to, called him gay and all of that. And I'm like, and this was obviously back in what, 2013, 2012 or something. But still, like, even in, by 2013, the whole gay jokes, it's not that anyone's offended. It's just like, yo, we've heard that long enough. Like, move forward. Niggas is, is now you can't be too lazy anymore when, if you're a comedian. You can't be lazy. I, you can be lazy and rap still. You can, yeah. <laughs> you, you can be lazy in, in hip hop because. If, as long as you put it in front of a good beat and it's a it's a decent flow, you don't even have to be a decent flow no more because it's kind of popular for rappers to rap off beat now. You just have to say it confidently. Yeah, just <laughs> you gotta rap confidently over a nice beat. Yep, just rap confidently. I mean, Future also showed that like he was gonna rap confident, have a good flow over the beat, and he could be sent. What was that song? Wasn't it him on that song with J Rock a couple years ago? And he was just saying some bullshit. I'm still mad at them for putting him on that song. And they allowed that. That was on the Black Panther soundtrack. I it sure the, was. It might have been King's Dead. I'm not sure. Yep, it is King's Dead. That shit was horrible. 
And niggas allow that. And that's niggas' favorite rapper. That That is most people will put him in the top five of the 2010s decade. Yeah. And that nigga said that bullshit. <laughs> that is that nigga. Like, that's crazy. The standard for what makes a good rapper is different now. What do you think is different now compared to, let's say, 2010 compared to now? How's the, is the standard worse? Is it better? Is it higher standards? Like, what's different? Now, lyricism is less important. Now, like, even someone who's, like, a really good lyricist, a lot of people might not necessarily consider them a good rapper if they don't enjoy listening to their music or if it's not, like, party music or stuff that you would play in the car around people or whatever. But hasn't it been like that for, like, the last 15 years, though? Because think about when I think about my last two years of high school was the snap music era and what nobody giving a shit about lyrics. My last two years of high school during the long T snap era. Mm. So I can't when people say that, I'm like, it's been like that for a long time, though. That's a good point. Because like if it it were like, oh, five, who do you think most people's favorite rappers would be like people in high school in oh, five? Who would they say their favorite rappers were at that time? In 2005. That's when Young Jeezy, so Young Jeezy has lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, Kanye was doing his thing. Jay-Z still was. Lil Wayne, that's still lyrics as well. T.I. was very popular that people love, and that's lyrics also. So even though Snap Music was big, that was no one's like favorite. Like People who made that music, that was no one's favorite rappers. I guess so. Like If I go to the... If I go to a 2005 playlist for at least rappers, 3-6 Mafia, 50 Cent, that's still some lyrics there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, them franchise boys was blowing up, and that ain't lyrics whatsoever. <laughs> oh, yeah, the game was popping. That's lyrics. Bow Wow was still doing his thing. I, I don't even think you can count Bow Wow. But it's not like he's a shitty lyricist, you know? But no one's taking him serious. Yeah, right. Uh, obviously, T.I. was on the Bun B was popping. So I guess you would say when you ask anybody who's their favorite rappers are, it was about lyrics. That's why yeah. I still, I think it's, but even with today, who do you think, who would be most people's favorite rappers and are they lyricists at all? Um, Playboy Cardi. And no, he's not. He's a, like, that's a lot of people's favorite rapper? Yes. Especially people who are in like undergrad and high school now or younger. They love Playboy Cardi. I do. So I do see that type of stuff pop up on my timeline on Twitter. And what's even weird about Twitter now, you don't have to follow people or they don't even have to get retweeted on your timeline for you to see this shit now. Yeah, I don't because I keep seeing like the same couple people that I do not follow always on my timeline. But I do see that all the time about Playboy Cardi. And I don't know. I don't know what he looks like at all. And I've only heard like two songs from him and they both were shitty. Like, his music is, like, mosh pit rap music. It, it has nothing oh. to do with lyricism. It's just straight-up energy, aggression. I don't. I personally don't get it, but a lot of younger people seem to like it. Who else? Uh, Lil Baby, probably. Yeah, he, he's a good lyricist, though. And I, so, say, I know a lot of people respect him as a lyricist. So is Young Boy. He has really good lyrics. Who? Young Boy. NBA oh, Young, Young Boy, yeah, duh. <laughs> does, wait a minute. He is... Yeah, he does. For me, I would say he's not, for me, I say he's not a shitty lyricist, but I'm not going to say he's a lyricist. He can actually rap. Like, he just does it in, like, a style that's more familiar to people today, but he really does have lyrics. Yeah, that's an angry little nigga right there, boy. I feel like Youngboy Loki might be a cross between, like, Playboy Cardi and 
Who's a really lyrical street rapper? Maybe Lil Baby. He's like in between them. Like he does. I can have... at least understand the words he says though when he raps. Who a uh, young boy? Yeah, I can understand what he's saying way more than Lil Baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you see recently he came out and said that he was gonna stop being so valiant in his rap? That he's converting to Mormonism. <laughs> That's so random, bro. <laughs> Is that because he wants to have like several wives, maybe? I mean, he has hella baby mamas. But I say, ain't he the one that's got like nine kids or something? Well, that, that's a lot of them. That's him. That's future. That's... But and he he ain't even like 25 yet or something, right? I don't think so. That is crazy. And he's been around for a long time. This is NBA young boy. I feel, he's been, I feel like I've been hearing his name for at least six, seven years now. He's 23. Um, God. So I, I got put on to young boy in like 2018, but he was still rapping a couple years before that. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've been hearing his name for about five or six years at least. So he's been doing his thing since he was like 17. Yeah. I mean, that's like Kodak is young as shit too. That's crazy. So I get, but see, that's why I don't think that it's really that different. Like when they talk about rappers getting killed and like, man, they, it's, these niggas is different. I'm like, are they though? Like, are, are they really that different? Like, I think it's the same. Like since I've been a rap fan, rappers have unfortunately been getting killed for a long time. Yeah, I do feel like it's more frequent than it was like in the two thousands, though. I also, but it's also more rappers now. Like there's way more artists out there. There's just like the like NBA is way more talented now. There's way more talent around the NBA and stuff now. So it might low key be harder to win in the NBA just because talent is all over the league. And now it's just a lot of rappers because I was telling one of the one of my OGs at work and I was telling him because he was asking about podcasts and all that. And I was telling him like it, how it's so easy to start a podcast now. And that's why there's so many. And I said, it's just like the SoundCloud era. SoundCloud made it easy for anyone to post their music. YouTube made it easier for people to post their music. So people had more opportunity to post music and to make music. It's just become easier, which means that it's so much out there but sure. it's so much easier so i think it's not that and maybe it happens more frequently just because it's more people it's more of these people that got money also and then you have social media where now more of them are flossing what they have and now you can see where these niggas are mm -hmm. as well because of social media when back then back in shit but just back in 2010 back in 05 01 and all that it was more mystery to the rappers and stuff. You didn't know where these niggas, like, shit, 1996, you didn't know where Tupac was, usually. You, like, to, you didn't know what a lot, you didn't know what these niggas believed in. You didn't know their political beliefs and all that, because you never really got to hear them talk. Like, it's only a few rappers. Say what? Uh, they did interviews, because Tupac did a lot of interviews. Where he That's what I'm about. saying. But I'm saying you only know when they do the interviews, but now... The, it's only like rappers like J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, you can tell they're cut from that old school cloth because we don't never hear either one of them niggas talk for real, unless it's over a record. Yeah. J. Cole and Kendrick don't. And the crazy part about J. Cole is people in New York talk about they see J. Cole all over the city of New York riding his bike and everything. And he just be in like restaurants like he's some regular nigga all the time. Mm -hmm. But and they said that it's so normal. No one bothers him. That's that no one bothers him, but you still don't hear him talk. You don't hear interviews. And I low-key be kind of sad because I'm like, I remember when he first came out, he was younger. He was he had a lot of personality and he was funny in interviews and stuff. Yeah, he definitely changed. <laughs> Man. I'm, 
I don't know what caused that. Because he it's also, like, he used to dress a lot more flashy and wear chains and stuff, and he don't do none of that no more. Them niggas grow they if you notice, they grow their hair out and talk less. Shit, look at Jay-Z. This nigga grew his hair out, too, and talk he less. Also, he also got older and got a family and all that. And but they so does J. Cole and Kendra Lamar though. They okay. got so that's part of it too, because they're both married with kids. That's true. So it all goes together. Yep. And don't, I don't think he, none of us even know what Kendrick or J. Cole's wife looks like. Well, Kendrick had his wife on his album cover for his last album. Oh, she was on there? Yeah. Oh, okay. But without I, that, you probably wouldn't know what she looked like. Yeah, I couldn't pick J. Cole's wife out of a lineup. <laughs> Hell no. So they're one of the few rappers that's like from that old school type. Cause all these these new rappers, you always hearing these niggas talk. I mean, Boosie's old school, and we always hearing this nigga talk. That's a maturity thing. He don't shut the fuck up. Did you see when Mike Tyson had him on his podcast? <laughs> and he was like, "I guess I could shut the fuck up." And Tyson was like, "Why don't you?" <laughs> right. Like, dude. Like these niggas. Like even with they've been talking on Twitter about Jay Prince, yeah. and they like for for the last 25, 30 years. It was always a mystery to him. He's doing everything undercover and he runs this because no one knows who he is. And now this nigga don't, he's always talking. Mm-hmm. He's always on social media. And there's some kind of like, there's some kind of mystique about you when we don't know exactly what you do, when we don't even know what your voice really sounds like. And now you're all over social media. So of course now the the new generation, they don't care about you. Mm-hmm. That shit, well, the new generation don't give a fuck about Jay-Z, and that annoys the crap out of me. I know, like, I see this so much in, like, social media hip-hop spaces, like hip-hop Twitter pages or hip-hop Reddit sites, or subreddits, I mean. Uh, Like, just people dissing Jay-Z, and, like, I'm guessing it's a whole lot of, like, Gen Z or younger people that, I don't know, what like, rebelling against the status quo because they know that hip-hop heads love him. Because mm-hmm. they were like, that's Beyonce's husband. Like, yeah, like... I'm like, y'all don't know what Jay-Z, yeah. I'm like, y'all don't really know. Jay-Z really is that nigga. Like, like, and you don't even have to say he's the best rapper ever. It doesn't matter. But you nah, have but to, to say, say but you say what to say he to say he steals all his rhymes or he's not original or like yo. Like, bro, like he's that's hove. Without without Jay-Z, we wouldn't have J. Cole. Right. Or like I've heard a lot of people say like if Biggie or Big L were still alive, we wouldn't have Jay-Z. I'm like I hate but that but old niggas say that and that's annoying as hell. Like we still probably would have. Right. Just like there's you know how many people say if Aaliyah was alive, Beyonce wouldn't be who she is. I'm like, how come both of them just couldn't be great? Exactly. Why couldn't both of them be great? I mean, we live in a time where we was able where we've been able to see Rihanna and Nicki Minaj and all these female and like and then even to like with uh Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion they blowing up at the same time. I mean, like, we had Prince, Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston all live at the same time making music. Shoot, yeah, but you say Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Shaka Khan, like all of them, but they swear if Big L and Biggie was alive, Jay Z wouldn't be doing his thing. Why not? Like why? Also. I have to address my own community because a lot of the hate towards Jay-Z I see coming from like diehard Nas fans. And I have to tell y'all guys, it's okay to like both of them. They squashed their beef years ago. They're both two of the best rappers ever. It's okay to like Nas and Jay-Z. Yeah, I got to a certain point because I was like, I remember in eighth grade being one of them kids, fuck Nas, I ain't listening to Nas. I'm all Jay-Z over here. And as when I got older, when I got to college, my freshman year, that's when I realized, oh, I did myself a disservice 
because I was so for Jay-Z, I refused to listen to Nines, and I missed out on a lot of great music growing up. That was stupid I mean, as hell. I was, I was the exact opposite, because I was a huge Nas fan. I didn't listen to Jay-Z till I got to college. <laughs> and then you realize, like, oh, shoot, both of them are dope. Let me yeah, I was like, I, was, I missed out on a lot, like you said. <laughs> it's stupid as hell. And it's the same thing now when it comes to sports. Now people are such fans of one athlete, they act like they can't like someone else. Like, yeah. like you see, when I, I'll go on Twitter and they'll post something about Steph Curry. And then you go in the thread and all these people are like, yeah, but LeBron did this. LeBron, I said, niggas, y'all can love both. Like, y'all are doing yourself a disservice. When you are not focused on, look at, there's so much great basketball being played, but because you're a huge fan of this team, you act like you can't like this other team. Remember when LeBron went to the Lakers, people act like they had to hate him because they act, they thought Kobe and LeBron was rivals. And it's funny yeah. because little do all these people know, all these people are friends and they root for each other actually. And they work out together while you niggas is trying to get them to hate each other, which is crazy. Like when we found out after Kobe passed away, that him and Michael Jordan were close, like big brother and little brother, and people didn't know that. And I remember growing up, everybody tried to pit them against each other. And then you find out how close they are. So people do themselves a disservice in music and everything. And I'm now at that place in my life where, like how LeBron just uh, broke the record, and you get on TV and watch TV, and all they're talking about, but who's the greatest? Who's I'm like... Why can't both just be great, bro? It's two different eras. They're like you. It's not. They never played against each other. You, you. I don't know who's greatest. They're both great. And so with music, I'm trying to soak up as much music as I can. That's dumb as hell to not listen to whatever rapper because this other rapper you like better, or because you said they beefing. I will listen to two rappers who hate each other. All this shit. Remember Drake and Chris Brown hated each other for a long time. I was listening to both of them's music. I forgot all about it. Shit, I listen to Pusha T and Drake. I don't care. I like Youngboy and Lil Durk, and they will kill each other if they're in a room together. For real? Hell yeah. Oh, God dang. So, you know, like, so you know how the King Von shooting, how the rapper Quando Rondo was involved in that shooting, like one of his friends shot King Von. Okay, so hold on one minute. So King Von, he's from Chicago, right? Yes. But hold so on. King, so King King Von's from Chicago, but Quando Rondo's from Cali, right? No, he's from Savannah. Oh no, Savannah. Because oh yeah, we talked about that. He was the one who was a crib and he denounced his letters. Yeah. Okay. So you said so when King Von died, it was one of Quando Rondo's friends that had something to do with it. That shot him. Oh, is he in jail now? I think he's in jail awaiting trial or so. Well, I don't know if he's awaiting trial because this happened a couple of years ago. I don't know what's going on with it, but okay. basically. So Quando is signed to NBA Youngboy. And so basically, like, Quando was saying, like, I was defending myself because, like, Vaughn ran upon us first. And Quan, um, Youngboy, you know, of course, took his side and had his back. And was like, yeah, like, Quando was not wrong. They were defending themselves. And Dirk and King Vaughn are basically like brothers or were basically like brothers. And so Dirk got into it with Youngboy and Quando, and they've been going back and forth for a couple of years. So, yeah, they will murder each other if they see each other in person. But I like both of them. So, so maybe is a little different these days i think what makes it more different is you're seeing this beef in real time we wasn't yeah. we wasn't necessarily seeing biggie and tupac and all that in real time to be honest you only saw it like when they would drop a song and then you're like oh he's talking about so-and-so but then you knew tupac was talking about biggie because he was saying them niggas names 
and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. We're seeing all this shit play out in real time because I keep seeing random little clips of people talking about like Jay Prince is coming out saying something about um from takeoff being murdered and he's saying shit yeah. and there and you know I don't follow it but I'll see it scrolling through the timeline but I'm like I don't even want that shit in my energy I don't want that at all right but you see all like, this shit's playing off in real time now I was um I remember when I was watching the red man interview on DJ Vlad which is one of DJ Vlad's best interviews um so I think that's, Vlad asked on, him, that's pretty new right the that that interview it's not that that's years old oh okay okay never mind yeah, but Vlad asked Redman if he ever had beef with any rappers. And he was like, our serious beefs, they're not on record. Like, you would never know. That's yeah. just how it was back then. Right. Not now. They're going to make sure everybody knows. It's like, okay, so taking it back to when I was talking about Drake or whatever. Remember years ago when I guess it was some incident in a club or something, Chris Brown was in there, and there's a video of Drake throwing cash at the uh, at the person working the door and running into the club like he was about to fight somebody? They showed him um, walking. They showed him walking with somebody. He had a stack of money, and someone's recording them on their phone. And all you see is him just throw money at the dude at the door and going into the club like he's about to fight somebody. And they're like, "Bro, Drake Pill, like, you know he's not about to go fight anybody though." But that's what he was like <laughs> making it look. But you seeing this shit play out in real time now. When, like he yeah. said, those serious beasts, we would have never known about like what was really going on back then. Only a couple there ended up playing out like the Tupac Biggie shit, which is unfortunate. But yeah. did you ever watch that documentary I told you about on FX that talks about that? Which one? T- like there's a hip hop documentary on FX that came out about a year and a half ago. And it talks about like the behind the scenes kingmakers of hip hop and stuff. And there's an episode, that. there's an episode where it goes into talking about like when Tupac got killed and stuff and they interviewed Snoop, Dr. Dre, um, uh, what's that dark, the dude's name? Um, he's a crip from LA as well though, but and they've mentioned his names and songs and stuff too, but uh, he's being interviewed and they always like, all right, we're going to tell y'all exactly where the beef started and where it came from and why y'all think Puff Daddy's actually involved. And basically mm-hmm. what it was, Puff Daddy's security just happened to be Crips. That was his security. That he, and so he wasn't a Crip. He wasn't actually affiliated with Crips. But one of his boys happened to be a Crip, and then he used them as security. He was nowhere around when this shit happened. But there was like a a, a party that happened, and uh, no, no, at the at, you remember the video where Tupac and them are beating that dude up at the Mike Tyson fight. The dude yep. was a Crip that was getting beat up. That Tupac and all them jumped because. A couple weeks prior to that, there was a party and that dude and other Crips beat up uh, some dude that was a blood and affiliated with uh, Suge Knight and Tupac and all of them. And that's literally where it started. Diddy wasn't there, had nothing to do with it. But that dude got in a fight with a bunch of bloods that was cool with Tupac and all them. And when they was out, the dude came up and said, oh, dude's over here, bro. That nigga that fault, he's over here. And Tupac and all them like, where he at? And they went and jumped him and beat him up. And so that, so some dude that's affiliated with him saw uh, and followed Tupac and Shook Knight and them that night. And that, and they're like, and because they like all the, they said the streets know who killed Tupac. They said the streets know, which you know, most likely they do, but they clearly, yeah. like, you got to go watch it on Elf. I'm going to Google it and find it because it's on Hulu. Uh, it's on Hulu. Did you used to watch the beef documentaries growing up? I watched some of them because I remember I remember watching the episode with T.I. and uh, Lil Flip. Yeah, 
That was beef three, I think. Yeah, I remember watching that. I remember, I can't remember which other one I watched, but I watched a couple of them. Well, so there were DVDs and then there was a TV series. So there was like, I think three or four. BT. Yeah, I think there were like three or four beef movies. And then they had the TV series where they talked about like smaller beefs that happened. Okay. I, I remember, I do remember all the DVDs because my cousins had them. I just sent you, it's called Hip Hop Uncovered. Okay. Because they got like Haitian Jack. Yeah, Trick Trick from Detroit was on there. Big U is the dude's name that's from Cali. But it's it's really dope. It's a really, it's a six-part series. And I was hooked on it because I was watching it. Hey, I just Hulu. came out in 21. Say what? That's on Hulu, so I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, it's it's really good when they really deep dive into it. And you realize, you sit and realize like, no, this hip hop shit really is violent. Like you listen to the music and like, they really are talking about murdering people. And a lot of these niggas really do be about that. And when they find out that niggas are about that, people are shocked. It's like when comedians who joke about like certain things and then to find out like Louis C.K. had jokes about masturbating in front of women. And then when they found out, oh, he really was doing that. Or shit, when Bill Cosby was actually joking about giving a girl the Spanish fly pill or something and making her woozy and then he will have sex with her and everybody's laughing. And then 30 years later, you're like, oh, they was really doing that shit. It's it's exactly the same thing. Like, oh, they're actually, they're not lying. They're not making up a joke, a story just for this joke. It's a true story. For the most part, it's, it's a lot of people who straight up make stuff up. But yeah, well, but, I get, yeah I but there's a lot of them that you're like, oh, that nigga was telling the truth. Yeah. Like, you, and then you find out, and then you, like, because then when you think about certain things that, shoot, Lil Boosie done said, Jeezy, Gucci, and if they telling the truth and all of that shit, you're like, oh, them niggas actually need to be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was out with this girl, and she was talking about, and it's weird because she was like, do you think Gunna really snitched? I was like, girl, I don't know. I don't live that life. Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, all I know is free thug. You got a free thugger. I said, but what if he's actually guilty? I don't care. He made good music. That's when I knew I couldn't go out with her again. Mm-hmm. She, she said, I don't care. That nigga make good music and we need him. Um, now, when it comes to like legal stuff or like just choices rappers make in their personal lives, even if I really like your music, I'm not going to defend nothing you do on a personal level. Bruh, correct. Like, I'm not defending nothing about these niggas. Like, look at the people that are still going at, to bat for R. Kelly. That's even crazy. Yeah. Wow, yeah. There's, But, you know, I'm not anyone that's going to judge you for listening to his music. If you listen to his music, listen to it, because, I mean, the nigga's in prison. It's nothing that, I mean, he's in prison. There's nothing he can really do. But the people, that, like, the people that's actually going out and protesting, that's even crazier. Yeah. You know how embarrassed I'd be if I saw in a video my mama's out there talking about Free Kelly? Like, how? what would, like, would you stop talking to a family member for doing that? I don't think I would stop talking to them. No, I wouldn't stop talking. I would look at them differently and be really disappointed, but I wouldn't stop talking to well, them. Well, you know, Gen Z, because my students, they will, they talk about all of this. They're going to stop talking to their family for, almost, there's so many reasons that they won't talk to their family for. No, I mean, certain, certain people you just can't do that with. You just got to let it be what it is. Yeah, they're, yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. So I'm going to give me some wine. Then we're going to come back and do some, uh, do some trivia. I'll get another shot of vodka. Vodka? 
Yeah, that's what I'm on right now. It's all I have. back chicken look hour dr clark uh it's black history month we are here um what's the blackest thing you've done recently jacory recently yeah what's the blackest thing you've done i i guess go to atlanta for mlk weekend all right i'll give you that <laughs> that yeah that uh I think the blackest, I think I'm gonna start supporting all my uh my homegirls that uh take nudes. I'm gonna support them. I think that's what I'm gonna do. I don't know if that's the blackest thing, but uh for any of my homegirls that take fire nudes, I'm here to support black-owned businesses. So uh just let me know. But we gotta already be friends. I don't I don't want strangers, not strangers. I just want to support my friends, even if it's not a business. I'm here to uh, support your side hustle of uh, taking fire nudes, but they gotta be fire nudes. You know, nudes are really fire these days. But when I first started getting nudes back in the day in undergrad, it was just a girl like just with her with her arms under her boobs to make them look bigger, and she would just take a picture. Now they be using all these effects on like one girl sent me a a nude and it, like she had the effect where it, uh where you gotta touch the screen for it to appear and stuff. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, the invisible ink. Yeah, the invisible ink. Like, girl, I, shout out to the invisible ink when uh for on the news. Like, that's fire. I've definitely seen a one girl. Said, like, go ahead. I was gonna say, remember when news were like always mirror selfies? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nudes used to be dirty mirror selfies. Yeah. They used to be dirty mirror selfies, and nudes are so just like high tech and professional. Like, shout out to your ladies. Well, you know, low key women deserve to get paid for these nudes the way because it sounds like it takes a lot of effort, and it looks like it takes a lot of effort as well. So uh, maybe you do deserve. I will say, I'm ahead of the game. I was thinking in the future back in the day because when one of my homegirls would send me a naked picture, I would definitely send them like gift cards. Um, like if they sent me unsolicited nudes where I didn't even ask for it, I'm like, you know what? You trust me with this. I thank you for that. And I'll send them a little Chick-fil-A gift card. Uh, one girl, I was gonna send her, I was gonna send her a Walmart gift card. She said, nigga, these is Chick-fil-A titties. You better not send me no Walmart gift card. So shout out to that. I, I was doing that back in the day, or or I'd send them some nipple rings, all that good stuff. <laughs> so I was hey man, I was a man ahead of my time. I was also drinking mimosas back in college and i was getting called gay for that so hmm. i was ahead of my time yeah I, this was remember this was back in 2007 and <laughs> i think year, i can definitely see that yeah this is back in 07 08 when people were still calling each other gay oh and they were still using the fag word i mean even margaritas were considered like a feminine drink that men shouldn't drink Dog, i remember i took it was me and three of my homeboys and it was around cinco de mayo i think and no i didn't know it wasn't around cinco de mayo it was like in the middle of semester like february or something because i remember it being uh chilly outside still and we went to a mexican restaurant i was like yeah bro let's get some margaritas they had margarita pitchers for five dollars bro five dollars so I was like, bro, let's get a margarita pitcher. And they're like, bro, that's gay as hell. I ain't getting no weak-ass margarita. That's a girl drink. I said, dog, that's tequila. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's tequila, fam. Like, what are you talking about? 
And they said, all right, well, let's get one and split it. I said, no, 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 they're $5. We all going to get our own pitcher. And so we ordered a pitcher and they started drinking it. They're like, dog, this shit is good. I ain't never had a margarita. This is fire. And my homeboy, when I see him to this day, he's still like, bro, I remember when you put me on the margaritas, fam. I appreciate you for that, dog. Because I was dumb thinking it was soft or something. So they, but yeah, I definitely like, got made fun like, of It's like the whole idea of like men don't drink wine, but only beer when <laughs> wine is stronger than beer. <laughs> Correct. Like I used to get made fun of for drinking wine as well. And it's crazy. I remember wine really started becoming more of a thing around, I think 2010 when 09 or 10, cause Drake started talking about wine and his music a lot. Uh, you had Chardonnay and Marvin Gaye, the Big Shine song. Yeah. Uh, there was a Roscoe Dash song where he talked about. No, Roscoe Dash was on. Was he on Marvin Chardonnay? No, he wasn't on that song. I, but, you're probably thinking of No Hands, where they. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm tripping. Yeah, he talked about Moscato, but you started hearing rappers talk about that more, and then you started hearing basketball players started talking about drinking wine, and I remember. All, uh, all the folks in college, everybody started buying Moscato all the time. And as I got older, I realized, oh, yeah, Moscato is like vodka, where that's like the first drink that college students start drinking because it's the cheapest out of all of them. Like, there's the cheap vodka and cheap Moscato. And cheap and Moscato gives you such a headache. And it's, I can, it's so sweet, but niggas loved Moscato back in the day. So um, I do remember getting made fun of for drinking that, but... I remember my mother and sister seeing them drink that. And I remember daiquiris and margaritas was good as shit. So What's I, kind of what kind of liquor is that? Normally it's rum. Mm. That's pretty much the big difference between a margarita and a daiquiri. Margaritas use tequila and daiquiris use rum. That's like the biggest difference. But now people have so many more variations of margaritas, though. Daiquiris aren't as popular anymore, though. Uh, I would hardly ever hear about them. In those like New Orleans style restaurants, you still have all those like Fat Tuesdays and stuff. Damn, that was loud as shit on my phone. Um, but yeah, so all right, trivia. Uh, we doing uh Black History. Okay. All right. So first question, music based. This artist has the most solo number one albums of all time. Currently, it's multiple choice. Do you want the multiple choice? Yeah. Coward. Uh Stevie Wonder, Jay-Z, Anita Baker, or Beyonce. Solo number one albums. Uh-huh. I'm gonna get this wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. My first choice is Beyonce, but I also want to say Stevie Wonder. Hmm. So I'll say Beyonce. Is that what you're going with? Final answer. Your final answer? It is now Beyonce. She recently passed Jay-Z. Mm. Yeah, so it was Jay-Z had it, then Beyonce tied him, and now Beyonce passed him with Renaissance. So it is now Beyonce. You are correct, sir. Um. All right, let me find another a good one. Uh, all right. This is the most sample artist of all time in hip hop music. It's a, it's not, I ain't gonna make this multiple choice. It's a soul singer who is now dead. James Brown. Yeah. How, was, how easy was that? So, because I like old school hip hop and like I know that like his songs and like his like drum patterns are 
sampled a lot. I know that. I don't know if a lot of other people would know that. Most people aren't going to know that. My uh, my older cousins guessed it, though, but not many younger folk have guessed it. Uh, that's a good question. Thank you, sir. That was a deep dive. I did a deep dive for that one. Uh, this is the only artist in Grammy history to win album of the year with three consecutive albums. Do you want the multiple choice yet or not? Nah? Say that. Repeat the question. The only artist in Grammy history to win album of the year with three consecutive albums. So three years in a row. Oh, um, Prince. No, sir. Yeah. You, you get two more guesses. Three consecutive albums. Yep. Three years in a row, this artist won album of the year. I'll be honest with you, I know she hasn't won out for sure. That's why people are mad right now. Oh. Correct, right? <laughs> it's not Mariah Carey either. Correct, it's not. Is it Michael Jackson? No, sir. You get one more guess. I said Prince, I said Michael Jackson. Uh -huh. So my last... I'll it's give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. It is a man. <laughs> is it Stevie Wonder? Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Stevie Wonder. Like, when I do research for these, I've always known Stevie Wonder is a legend. I didn't realize mm. just how massive he was, though, back in the uh, 70s and 80s. Like, he was that nigga for real. Like, he was winning award after award and producing everything. Like, he was that man. And when you hear stories about him, I do get it why people will make fun and say they don't really think he's blind. Because when you hear stories, it's like, he don't really sound like he's blind. Like, have you heard the story where Shaq talks about him? I haven't heard a Shaq story. I, he I heard Anthony Anderson tell a story about how I think he was backstage at some kind of show and Stevie Wonder walks right up to him and asked if he could like show him to somewhere. And he was like, well, damn, you walked up to me. Like, you can find it yourself. <laughs> Well, uh, Shaq tells a story. He said him and Stevie Wonder used to live in the same building. And so uh, I think he said Stevie Wonder was already in there, like with someone waiting for the elevator. And no, I think, yeah. And so Shaq walks in and he says, Stevie Wonder turns and says, hey, Shaq. He said, wait a minute. How did you know it was me? <laughs> he said, I mean, he's he said, probably not like, I was going to say he's probably not completely blind, like just mostly blind, but he can still like make people out. Like and see the their shape, their silhouette or something. It's it's still funnier this way. <laughs> it's still funnier. Uh, traditional Juneteenth foods and drinks are what color? Tradition the food and drinks. Yeah, a traditional food and drinks are associated to this color for Juneteenth. Is it one color? What you say? Just one color? Uh-huh. Traditional food and drinks. Uh, is it red? Yeah, how'd you guess that? I was thinking of, like, the red, black, and green flag and was like, well, it makes more sense for it to be red than green food and drinks. Do you know why it's red for Juneteenth? I'm going to guess, is it because, like, the blood of slaves? Yes, now you are so annoying, bro. Yes, it symbolized the blood shed, the blood, the blood shed by enslaved ancestors due to the um, transatlantic slave trade. 
This old smart nigga. Wait a minute, have you gotten every question right so far? I mean, the three number one albums or three albums of the year thing, I had multiple guesses. I got it on the last one. So you're, we'll say you're three for four right now. Okay. Damn. All right. Becoming the first African-American to receive a PhD from Harvard, this prominent Black figure who helped form the NAACP in 1909 attended Fisk University and was one of the most influential spokesmen of the 20th century. W.E.B. Du Bois. Damn, was that easy? Did you already know that? I knew he was the first Black person to get a PhD from Harvard. After that, I already knew who it was. Oh. All right. Who was the first casualty of the American Revolution when he was shot and killed in what became known as the Boston Massacre? Crispus Attucks. What prominent <laughs> what prominent black figure was also known as Detroit Red? Malcolm X. All right. This poem written by James Weldon was originally performed for Abraham Lincoln's birthday in 1905. But in 1919, it became a song associated uh, okay nigga lift every voice yeah what gave it away james Weldon johnson god dang it <laughs> um what state has the most hbcus that's a good question because i want to say georgia but i'm sure it's not georgia um my second guess would be north carolina North Carolina is actually number two. Oh, um, this first one's Texas, Alabama. I wouldn't have guessed that. Alabama has fourteen HBCUs. Now, wow. this state has the most students enrolled in HBCUs, so it has the highest number of enrolled students at an HBCU. What state? North Carolina. Yes. Did you only get okay. that because the last time I said North Carolina was number two? That helped. What is the first Black-owned business listed on the New York Stock Exchange? This is multiple choice. I'll give you the multiple okay. choice. Is it Johnson Publishing, which produced uh, magazines like Ebony and Jet? Uh, was it Madam C.J. Walker's Manufacturing Company? BET or Motown Records? You want those again? No, I got them. Okay. Um, I'm gonna guess. Ooh, I'm gonna guess Johnson Publishing. Why? Kind of process of elimination. BET isn't like its own thing. It's owned by Viacom. Um, Madam P.J. Walker, you didn't even name her company, so I feel like that's not on the New York Stock Exchange, or never was. No, I said C.J. Walker Manufacturing Company. That's the name of her oh. company. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I just never heard of it. And then um, I know who Madam C.J. Walker is. I've never heard of that company. And what was the last one you said? Uh, Motown Records. Nah, rec yeah. Record labels aren't usually listed on the Stock Exchange. I, I will say, doing this research, there were some on there. Mm. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. It wasn't. It was BT. It, it was, was BT wow. when B, BT was founded. It wasn't owned by Viacom yet. It was Robert Johnson. And it was its own like corporation on the stock exchange. Yep, it's the huh. first black-owned business on the New York Stock Exchange. Actually, didn't know that. Got you there, nigga. <laughs> um, all right. 
From Philadelphia, this artist originally rose to fame. Dang, it's probably gonna give it, this might give it away. As the lead singer of Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, but went on to have a successful solo career, releasing five, so, five platinum albums through the 80s. Do you want multiple choice? Yeah. Bobby Womack, Marvin Gaye, Charlie Wilson, or Teddy Pendergrass? Before you gave multiple choice, I was going to say Marvin Gaye, but part of me thinks Marvin Gaye was from Chicago, not Philly. Yeah, he's not from Philly. I will give you okay. that. Other than Teddy Pendergrass. Yes. What got you to Teddy? Did you know he was from Philly? If not Marvin, then I would guess that Teddy was from Philly. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll stick with old school music. One of the most innovative and successful bands of all time, founded in Chicago and originally named the Salty Peppers. This band got their final name after their lead singer's astro astrology signs. Astrological. Astrological signs. That's too easy. Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> Some people have gotten it wrong. Because you said astrological signs, it's like, what else would it be? I, I try to find a way, a good hint, because I know the early part, a lot of people might not get that, the early part of the question. Like, yeah, my parents definitely. was able to get that, but people my age and all that won't be able to get that. But mm. that's the only way I could lead it to that. So there have been some people still uh, haven't been able to get it, though. Uh, originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, with their first hit coming in 1959 and their last one in 2001, they're among the few groups to have hit the Billboard Hot 100 with new music in five different decades. Who is this group? Is it the Ivy Brothers? Damn, yeah. That was a not a complete shot in the dark, but that was like my biggest guess of the night so far. Yeah, it sounded like it. I could tell it by your voice. Uh, oh, who's the first Black lead in a Pixar movie? A Pixar animated movie. Who's the first Black person to be a lead? Like the character, right? Yes. Who Keanu? played that character? Who played the character? Oh, I don't know who voiced that's, it. That's incorrect, though. It's not. It wasn't Tiana from Princess and the Frog? Oh, it was... Uh, well, he's not a lead, but are you talking about Frozone from The Incredibles? This no? one, when I... So, I, this one, when I looked it up on the Pixar page, it said Jamie Foxx for... Uh, what's that movie? Soul? Yeah. It said Jamie Foxx. Oh, Princess and the Frog is in Pixar. Okay, that's oh, why I okay. messed up. So that's why. Okay. So Jamie Foxx and Soul. Uh, one more old school. Uh, as of 2023, this, this is the only artist to have seven consecutive singles on the Billboard Hot 100 and holds the record for the best-selling soundtrack album of all time. Best-selling soundtrack album. I want to say Whitney Houston for the bodyguard because the bodyguard soundtrack won album of the year it did so i'm gonna I'm say whitney houston yes it's whitney houston which also um she has the highest selling album by any female artist as well do you know what oh, album that is name. Oh, um, no, it's the bodyguard. It's still the bodyguard. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the highest selling album of all time is? Really? Yeah. Who produced it? Quincy Jones. 
who and he was oh shit hold on my phone my laptop ain't charged um quincy jones also was just tied with beyonce for the most grammy wins of all time but they'll say adele because they're with adele it's an actual artist quincy jones obviously was producing and composing and all of that do you know who quincy jones's daughter is um Damn, what is her? Rashida Jones. Yeah. <laughs> he has a bunch of daughters, but she's like the most famous one. Co yeah, correct. The one that we all know. Yeah. Um, all right. Switching to hip hop. These four rappers attended high school together in downtown Brooklyn. Uh, hold on. Jay-Z being one of them won a legendary freestyle battle with another rapper in their high school cafeteria. Can you name at least this rapper? Hmm. Um, is it Busta Rhymes? Yes. And then the other two rappers was Biggie and DMX. Uh, Biggie would have been my other guess. Yeah. Uh, these two rappers. Yep. I mean, none of them graduated, but <laughs> uh. <laughs> these two rappers who attended high school together and had promising basketball careers went on to form hip hop group Children of the Corn. Later, both having successful solo careers. Okay, you said these two rappers went to high school together. They had promising basketball careers, but they started a group called Children of the Corn and then later went solo and had good careers. Yep. Children both still alive. Okay. Uh, One of, they uh, they're both from New York. Yeah. I don't want to give the city or a borough I mean, I won't give the borough because it might give it away. I feel like I've heard the name Children of the Corn before, but I don't know who. You have. That. You definitely have. They've been around for a long time. Um, one of them is still pretty pops up. Um, one of them has the same name as, shit, I don't want, it's going to be too easy. One of them has the same name, first, real actual name as a as a Pittsburgh rapper. A Pittsburgh rapper. So, I mean, the only Pittsburgh rappers I know are Mac Miller and Wiz Khalifa. I two people. Uh huh. I said, well, there's two people right there. So I don't think I know Wiz Khalifa's real name. <laughs> yeah, I'm at a loss. I don't know. <laughs> you want the answer? Yeah. Cameron and Mace. Oh, wow. Wiz Khalifa's real name is Cameron. Oh, that's all right. I mean, when they was on a song together and they said when both the Camerons get together, so they said it, but Cameron and Mace, yes. Uh, let's see. Oh, I, I already asked you this one. You remember, I, I already asked you this one, right? Who was the first New York rapper to appear on a Dr. Dre track? It was Nas. Yeah. Uh... Okay, let's see. This is random. This is a lyric deep cut, kind of. 50 Cent said, we're going to party like it's your birthday, and they're going to sip what liquor on the said birthday? Bacardi. That was easy. Yeah, I, I just had to rhyme it. Uh, did, we, did I ask you this? What hip-hop icon helped co-write Will Smith's Getting Jiggy With It? Uh, was it Nas? Correct. 
You know, um, Nas also ghost wrote Wild Wild West by Will Smith. I feel like I read that. I feel like I read that actually because technically, when- getting jiggy with it made that Nas's first Grammy win. Technically. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, but then he won his actual first Grammy when he won Rap Album of the Year a couple of years ago for um, yeah. for what's it called? You know, King. Who's the first rapper ever to be inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame? Songwriters Hall of Fame. The first rapper ever to be inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. I know Missy is in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. I don't know if she was the first one. Uh, Was it, is it LL Cool J? No, sir. To me, this is easy. I would think this was easy. Jay-Z? Yes. Okay. That mess- You messed up my second question. I was going to say, who's the first female rapper to be inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame? Well, I think she's actually the only female rapper still in the Songwriters mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. See, that goes back to when we were talking about Jay-Z. Like, these dude- these young folks act like Jay-Z just ain't shit. Like, I don't think they realize a lot of the music he wrote for other people and he ghost wrote a lot of music for them. I mean, he fucking wrote Dr. Dre's verse on um on uh D- still DRE. Uh, I mean, here's like an analogy I use because like rap has come so far since then. I think it's just hard to get younger people to understand like how impactful his stuff was because they weren't there. It's yeah. like trying to get someone today to understand why Citizen Kane was considered the greatest movie of all time at one point. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure there was probably a time when I was younger, it's like, Citizen came, that weak-ass bullshit. I'm pretty sure. It's like somebody like my age or even your age trying to explain to them why Run-DMC is that important. Well, no, nah, because I understand why Run-DMC is that important, though. So that's not the same. Or like African Bombada. No, I still under... See, for me, I still understand why all, all those hip-hop folk was important in the 80s. I understand that. But you know, I will say there is a difference now where young folk, they really don't care about anything that happened before they were born. Mm-hmm. They don't because even with the, I was telling my OG at work too, I said the young folk, their parents aren't playing the old school music in the household for them. Because I listen to fucking Whitney Houston all the time and Luther Vandross and the Isley brothers. Like I listen to that all the time. But the young, the kids that are 21, 22, they don't know shit that came out in 2000. They don't know shit that came out in 2002. And it's crazy. Like, and some of them call themselves a hip hop head. I said, you're not, you don't even know Cameron and Dipset. You're not a hip hop head. Like, and it's so much. And now it's the age of access where you have access to all the music. But yeah, yeah, just Spotify playlist and like it'll give you everything you need. <laughs> yep. But I think when people have more access, it makes them lazier. And now they don't put in the work to go see it because like I remember when Apple Music and Spotify and stuff was first coming out and I pulled it up. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like I can go mm-hmm. to any music that I want. I was searching everything out there because I wanted to hear every song that I've ever heard in my life. And then I wanted to hear all the music that I've never heard. And you know what? Without Spotify and Apple Music and all this other streaming, there's a lot of like music from different genres that I would have never heard of. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of the um, 
like uh rock music from the 80s like like that emotion like love rock music and stuff that i would have yeah. never heard and I always it's always funny because i always send it to keegan and be like have you heard of this and he's like yeah i heard of it in 1997 i'm like oh well i'm just discovering it now never heard of it like you know the rock band heart have yeah you ever heard? so I heard of them back in the day, but I never listened to their music. And like two years ago, I started listening to some of their songs and I was like, man, this is really good. And I sent it to Keegan and said, have you ever heard of this? He said, yeah, it's very, it's a very, he said, that's like me asking you, me sending you a Jay-Z song. Like, have you ever heard of this? Like, yeah, it's, it's very well known in the English speaking world. I'm like, oh, this is, this is brand new information to me. This is crazy. Yeah. All right. I would say like, go ahead, go ahead. Like aside from like most of what I know about music I got from my parents, but also VH1 taught me a whole lot of stuff. Oh yes, was, correct. Like, they would have like the hundred one hit wonders of the nineties or hundred yep. best songs of the nineties and stuff like that. See, I miss those. Like TV doesn't show enough music anymore. Like none of the music channels are music channels anymore. MTV should change its name. Yeah. <laughs> MTV should really just be called TV. It should be called Ridiculousness Network. <laughs> so it should be called RTV, Ridiculousness TV. <laughs> that's nigga. That's all that comes on on MTV. <laughs> I'm like, is this the only show they have the rights to? Like, what's and going then, on? But then, and then they'll sprinkle in uh uh my uh, uh what was it uh 16 and pregnant. They'll sprinkle that yeah. in there out of nowhere, and then they'll go back. And now we're back to four hours of ridiculousness. Like, oh my god, like. BT, MTV, and VH1 stopped playing music about nine years ago. They mm -hmm. just said, fuck it. And it's crazy. I thank God I grew up where they was playing all that music and stuff. But you're right. Like when VH1 was playing the 100 best one hit wonders, 100 best slow jams of the night, or just whatever it was, yeah. though, that was really dope. And I remember they used to do every Friday night, best week ever. I used to watch that yeah. on VH1 all the time too. But on Saturday mornings, they was all playing music on Saturday mornings. And now reality TV took over every fucking thing. And it's just, it, it really keeps getting worse. And worse. I just discovered what Zeus network is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I recently discovered what that is. And these chicks is crazy as shit on there. They're crazy as hell. It, it's really scary. What reality <laughs> when when reality TV first was became a thing with especially like with real world and road yeah. rules that was actually real real shit that yeah, was, was real and then you had and then you get to the era of uh, Survivor where it became like competition too but it was still actually real um but then and then you get into the mid two thousands to the late two thousands when I got to college. And it was like Flavor of Love and I Love New York and Rock of Love and Charm School, where it all became, where that, oh, and uh, Bad Girls Club, where it became about the loudest person, the most violent person becomes famous. And now it's taken, like, you just see, like, they love the just arguing and violent and they don't care that they, they don't care knowing that it's pretty much scripted. Right. Like they don't care that it's scripted at all. And it's ah, it's weird. Let's get back to this trivia. Um, all right, this is a good one. You I I really don't think you're gonna get this at all. 
There are three rappers who sing the chorus on Jay-Z's song, Girls, Girls, Girls. Can you guess who these three rappers are? I know who they are. So it's Slick Rick, Biz Marquee, and Q-Tip. What the fuck? <laughs> Get out of here, bro. Like, how do you know that? Not that my dad told me when I was growing up. That is petty as shit, bro. I'm really... <laughs> that... Uh... All right, selling over 74 million records. He is the first artist to debut an album at number one five times in a row. We've talked about this before. It was DMX. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we, we've talked about that, though, multiple times. Who are the three rappers that make up the group 213? I don't know 213. All right, okay. So these three rappers first met in 1986. At Long Beach Polytechnic High School, later forming rap group 213. Um, is it is it corrupt Daz and Warren G? <laughs> no, one of those names is correct, and two of them are not. Warren G is the Warren, right one. Warren G is Warren G is correct. I feel like you should be able to get the other two now. Is, is Snoop one of them? Correct. It's new foreign G. Uh, who else used to Which run? Which you know, with? Snoop and Warren G are cousins. Okay. And there's one more. I'm trying to think of someone else who used to collaborate with both of them. Yep. You're going to be yeah. mad if you don't get it and I say his name. Devin the Dude? Which you know, Devin the Dude is from um, Texas, right? I didn't know that, but okay. <laughs> Damn, who used to run with both of them? Uh, I'm trying to think of like another old school Long Beach rapper. <laughs> do So this other rapper, do they have a good solo career on their own? Uh, I when you think of this person, you don't think solo career. Oh, Nate Dog. There you go. Okay. Which you know might be a good for another podcast episode. The best, the top five feature artists, because he's one of the best feature artists of all time. Nate Dog, you gotta put T Pain in there. I was best. Would you say Ty Dolla Sign? As one of the best of all time, I don't know. Like, well, are you talking about? Go ahead. Are you talking about like just singers that are featured with rappers or like rappers that feature on other rapper songs too? Is it, what do you want to go, would, was it easier just to say the best top five rapper featured? No, I was just like top five featured artists like with R&B and hip hop, period. So if it's feature artist, Wayne definitely got to be number one, probably. I ain't gonna lie. I still might put Nate Dogg number one, bro. Over Wayne? I've heard Nate Dogg on all those choruses, bruh. Like, I don't know, man. Because there's a lot of songs that you're not even thinking of. And I mean, fucking Regulators is enough just to be like, damn. I mean, there's Regulate, Boss's Life. Um, Are you, uh, if you just because if I type in Nate Dogg. Can't deny it. The fabulous song. You got Nate Dogg. Nobody does it better. Back in the day. Like, don't forget all the, you got 21 questions. 
Tupac, all about you. Shit, explosive, Dr. Dre. You said can't deny it with fabulous. I don't know if you know most deaf and Pharaoh monks. Uh, oh no, but that was dope. Oh, time's up with Jada Kiss. Lay low with Snoop Dogg. Gangster mm-hmm. Nation with Westside Connection. So Nobody. That, I think you should divide it because like those are all really iconic hooks. But Wayne has iconic featured verses. Those are both featured, though, but they're featured artists. Like it's, it's, I didn't say it's gonna be easy. I didn't say it's gonna be easy, bro. I mean, it's hard to compare them though. It ain't about comparing. It's just saying who's the top five. Mm, okay. Who's your top five? I mean, I will put Nate Dogg and Lil Wayne both in my top five best feature artists. But it it is hard, bro. It is. Because <laughs> Lil Wayne had that whole era of just those yeah. years where he was just going, going, going. Like, On everything. Yeah. Yeah. But I, Nate Dogg and Lil Wayne, if, if I feel like my... I'm probably forgetting somebody I can't think right now, but my top two, I would say Nate Dogg and Lil Wayne. So I would say T Pain also. And so who's two? Oh, yeah. And T Pain. Ooh. Does it even matter after those three? (laughs) Ty Dollar had a run. Ty Dollar probably not as much as them, but he had a nice run. He had a run. Probably future. Well, I don't know. I'm about to say, I don't know about that, brother. Maybe Drake before future. Actually, that might be. Now that you say that, that might be true. Yeah. But I say you. Oh, don't forget Nate Dogg on area codes with Ludacris too. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So that that'll be it for a whole nother podcast. We just talking about feature artists. Janice will be good on there too. Uh, what record label did Snoop Dogg sign to, and release three albums on after leaving Death Row? No limit, and I still think that was a big mistake on Snoop Dogg's part. Why? He didn't release good stuff on No Limit. Shit, he released motherfucking uh, S and Double O P D O Double G Z D O Double G Z. You remember that? No, I remember Snoop World. Young ass nigga. So I had but like Snoop World. his his better music came when he got with the Neptunes though, and for real. Yeah. Yeah, he he is that music that better music came with them though. Uh um, well, I still think and the dog father are his two best. Well, no, never mind. Doggy style is his best album. Blue carpet treatment is up there too, and then the dog father. I will say, hold on. You are not you're not gonna be feeling me on this, but hold on. There was an album that came out a couple of years ago when I still lived in Florida that was fire as hell. Actually. Oh no, Rhythm and Gangsta that came out in 04 was dope as hell. That's the one that they had Drop It Like It's Hot, Let's Get Blown, and those songs and Signs with Justin Timberlake and Charlie Wilson. Like that album, I really I remember listening to that, enjoying that like a mug. You know what, Randy? Okay, I'm not gonna lie. Underrated album. Mac and Dev, Mac and Dev go to high school. I'm with you. That is an uh, underrated album. Okay. That album was pretty good. I really did enjoy yeah. that. Um, the movie sucked. But the soundtrack right. Was the, good. the movie was horrible. Yeah. Oh, no. That's the album, The Last Meal, that came out in 2000. It had Lalo. You know the song Lalo with Master P and Nate Dogg? It had that song on there. That was dope. That was on uh, No Limit. Snoop okay. Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Okay, real quick. 
if you had to put your personal, your personal top five favorite rappers, I ain't talking about the top five rappers of all time. I don't care about that shit because music is in the ear of the beholder. But who is your top five favorite rappers? Nas, Black Thought, J. Cole. See, hold on real quick. When people say something like Andre 3000 and Black Thought, I kind of feel like that doesn't count because they're not, yes, they are a hella lyricists, blah, blah, blah. But they don't have solo albums. And it to me, it's kind of disrespectful to say Black Thought without saying The Roots and Andre 3000 without saying Outkast. Because you don't have yeah, you don't have Black Thought without The Roots. I think you could have Black Thought without The Roots. But you don't. Yeah, if if Ips was the fifth, we'd all be drunk. Shoulda, coulda, woulda's. But you don't have, but, but you don't. Okay, but aside from Black Thought, the other most famous member in The Roots is quest what other rappers quest from love you... quest love is not a rapper when have you heard quest love rap i mean the other famous artists from the roots so like aside from black thought name another rapper from the roots but they're a group he's not a solo artist though he they're a group he doesn't he can't win awards as black thought i get what you're saying but he doesn't win awards as black thought the albums aren't the albums aren't called uh things fall apart black thought featuring the roots it's the roots though it is literally the root. So to me, I rather people say, I, I just think that's disrespectful to leave out those other artists who mean so much. I get it because he's the only one that raps in the group, but yeah. that's their whole collective though. And I just think that's wild when people, I'll I'll take that over when people say Andre 3000 though, because both yeah. of them are rapping. Like Andre 3000 doesn't have solo albums, at least with the roots. Black Thought is the only one rapping in the group, though. So, you know, I mean, I'll, that's I'll, the thing. Black Thought, he's not even the only one rapping. He's just the only one people know who raps in the roots. Wait a minute. He is the only one, but he's rapping like 75% of the lyrics, though. Yes, but they have other rappers in the roots. Yes, we just yes yeah, yeah, I give you, but he's rapping more than half of the lyrics, though. Yeah. At least with Andre 3000, it's 50-50 with him and Big Boy. It's not like he's he's doing majority of the work. It's just that Andre 3000 has had really dope features on other people's songs, though. Yeah. And that's what turned it into. So I hate when people, when they talk about the top five rappers, I'm like, Andre 3000 doesn't have a solo career. But at least Black Thought has a couple solo albums. Yes, I will give you that, yeah. Because even Big Boy from Outkast has some solo albums. Yeah. And Andre 3000 said, fuck y'all, I'm not releasing music. I'm going to play this harmonica randomly on the streets of Atlanta. Anywho, I mean, <laughs> you you said, uh, all right, you said Nas, Black Thought. J. Cole. Okay. Uh, this is so, where it gets harder. Uh, hold on. So before you keep going, name one album from each artist, too. So what's one album from Nas that you will want to take with you? Take with me where? Just that like, one album that you just keep that like if you can't pick any, what's one album if you had to pick one? And it can be a mixtape, it can be a mixtape too, since we're talking about J. Cole. My pick for Nas is always Life is Good. I know it's not most people's favorite. You love, Nas you album. love that album, bro. It's almost no one's favorite Nas album, but personally, but it that is album good, means- but it is good though. It is. I've heard some people say it sucks. I love it though. I th- I think it's a I think it's that's when you really heard it. it was like oh this is him as an adult this is really grown man hip-hop yeah like that was 
that was his first album, I think, where he had like legit OG status. Yeah, that felt like adult contemporary hip hop. Yeah, that's what that felt like. So I totally get that. I, I fucks with hip hop is dead though. I like that album. I love. I'm for me, hip hop is dead is a top five Nas album. I'm gonna have to go through it and see what I think, but I might agree. So life is good for Nas. J Cole, 2014, Forest Hills Drive. Um. With the roots, it's always a toss-up between Illidale's Half-Life and Things Fall Apart. I lean more towards Things Fall Apart for the roots. Uh-huh. Um, I'd feel bad if I didn't put Kendrick in my top five. So I'm going to say Good Kid, Mad City, because that album meant a lot to me when it came out. Um, and then, like, Good Kid, Mad City sort of, like, reignited my interest in hip-hop, because, like, I had, I was at a point where I was, like, Feeling like hip hop was boring and like a lot of people were sounding the same. You but was like Kendrick, 17 when that shit came out, too. It's the youngest shit. I was 17. I knew, damn, I was right. <laughs> this nigga, young bro, man, heard, this, heard shit, this shit all started to get stale. And then you just started listening to music. Get out of here. And when I first heard Swimming Fools, I was like, oh, this is different. Like, okay. So then I was back. Kendrick, what? Like, he, he was a breath of fresh air, though. Yeah, he definitely was. And it was like, one of the rare instances where like a really like an actually talented good lyrical rapper was also getting like wide respect from like a wider audience and getting radio hits as well it's not a lot of those the the jay-z's the kendrick's all of them that are true hip-hoppers lyricists and get radio hits and respect from his fellow rappers as well so i i feel which i feel that too okay last one Ugh. it's always hard choosing a last person because then you're shutting out a whole bunch of people. Yep. Uh, I'm going to stay true to my estate and say Rick Ross for my fifth. This nigga, truly. Rick, I, back in the day, I, would, I used to say Rick Ross is underrated, but he's not because a lot of people fucking love and fuck with Rick Ross, Rick Ross though. Well, mostly, yeah, mostly in the South. I don't know how people in other regions. No, people a lot people in hip-hop period really do fucks with him from, all, from a lot of different places. I mean, maybe not the exact same as the South, but everybody knows Rick Ross can ride a beat like a motherfucker. Like, I think what has helped with people, different people from all over the place, because he collabed with Jay-Z so much, Kanye West and Drake. So he collabed with those three artists a really nice amount of times. And those are three artists that are wide ranging and from three different places. So that really helped it as well. And so other people got to see, because I mean, one of his top, one of his top three verses is uh, Devil in a New Dress with Kanye. Like that. Nigga, it might be number one, to be honest. He rode the hell out of that beat. And that is, to be honest, that might be one of my favorite hip-hop beats of all time. Also, like, the thing about Rick Ross, I don't know if a lot of other people notice this. I can tell, like, he really respects the culture and, like, the history. He's always shouting out old-school legends in his song, like, just name-dropping people. And yeah. I don't think I don't know a lot of people pick up on that. <laughs> he really does, though. He really does. And he like, also my- he also was able to... Go ahead, No, What was you about to say? What was the name of that song? Um, Hold on. I have to think of the name. I used to listen to it. Why are you looking that up? He was also able to withstand the allegations of him being a police officer as a rapper. So... Shout out to him being able to 
he's one of the few, one of the rappers that have, uh, well, there's been a lot, but one of the rappers that have been able to go through a beef with 50 Cent and get through yeah, it. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember being in undergrad when him and 50 Cent and 50 Cent getting Rick Ross's baby mother and doing interviews with her, clowning Rick Ross. 50 Cent is, he is the hip, the villain of hip hop. He truly is hip hop's villain. And oh, this song I'm thinking of is called um, Family Ties. In that song, first of all, he shouts out the native tongues. Who, what other like Southern, like street or mafia rapper shouts out the native tongues? He shouts them out. He shouts out De La Soul. He shouts out Nas in that song. In 10 G pieces, he shouts out The Far Side and Eric Damn. and Rakim. I'm like, Damn. Yeah. I love when like, I hear, like, I love when I hear, and obviously he's not one of the young rappers now, but I love when I hear younger rappers always shouting out the old school, like, and not just the old school, but like the underground or the people, the ones that aren't, aren't as commercially known. I love when I hear that shit. But also it's like the type, because Rick Ross, like, whether or not it's a persona or whatever, he is like a straight up gangster rapper. And so like, I would expect people like Cole or Kendrick to shout out legends like that, but not yeah. someone like us to shout out like people who are foundational to the culture like that. Yep. No, I, I definitely agree. As, yeah, you don't normally hear that. Um, so Ross rounds up your favorite five. What yes. Ross album? What Ross album? My favorite Ross album is Deeper Than Rap. I love Deeper Than Rap. That shit was fire. Yeah. Rick Ross is one of those that he is a good beat selector. Yes, one of the best. Yeah, he's got to be top three with being a beat selector. Would you say, Jay-Z, is that one part of the reason why he is who he is, that he knows how to select a dope beat as well? Because he does, you don't, when you listen to his albums, it's not a lot of beats where you're like, bro, this is, he should have not picked this one. Every once in a while, maybe, but not a lot. I'm, but the thing is, like, when I listen to, like, older Jay-Z, I feel like a lot of the beats he chooses doesn't age well. But but you got to remember, it was that era, though. Yeah. It was that era, though. And so people may say, early Rick Ross, man, those beats, they may say in 2030, man, some of them Rick Ross beats don't age well. <laughs> they may yeah, say that, right. though. So it's hard to say. I, I get what you mean, because now you listen to really early like reasonable doubt some of those beats those really are beats of the time but when you like, listen I, to say what i think in my lifetime might have been like his weakest beat selection project probably but then when you listen to like uh him scarface and everything on guess who's back that is a futuristic beat that's never gonna get old True. that's always gonna be like forever but when you go back and listen to like but even technically, like when you listen to Reasonable Doubt, it's a classic album. Yes. Can I go back and listen to it? Yes. But some of those beats, you really are like, it is definitely 1995 on this shit. I feel like they age well, though. Like, which beat from I, Reasonable Doubt doesn't age well? Uh, hold on. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. I didn't say they don't age well, but I feel like when you listen to it, like when you listen to Can't Knock the Hustle, which is still dope. The beat's still dope, but you can totally tell that it's 1995 on that beat. Brooklyn's Finest, too. Yeah, oh, definitely Brooklyn's Finest. But when you listen to, like, Guess Who's Back with Scarface, that shit kind of still feels like something that was made today. Mm -hmm. Like, that sounds like it was made today. Even if you listen to Kanye Through the Wire, 
No, and that's definitely a beat of his time with the sped up samples, but that still sound, sounds like something that could be made today, though. You know, like when I listen to, uh, was it, uh, Just Blaze uh, and Cameron, oh boy, that still mm-hmm. feels like something that can be made today. That, yeah, that beat still goes hard. Yeah, that still goes. Um, all right, next, another question. Uh, what hip hop icon was once a member of hip hop group World Class Wrecking Crew? Dre. Okay. All right. What two basketball teams was playing against one another on Ice Cubes? Uh, today was a good day. The Lakers and the Supersonics. <laughs> All right. Whose house was Ice Cube visiting when they were watching Yo MTV Raps and today was a good day? Um trying to remember that lyric i'll give you a hint um it's related to one of the feature artists we was talking about earlier one of the best feature artists nate dog it's kind of related to that i was saying Uh, did you go over warren g's house no short dog Oh, okay. Yeah, he said we was at Short Dog watching Yo MTV raps. See, we need Isn't those Short shows Dog? back again. Is that too short? No, I don't know who Short Dog is. He just said Short oh. Dog. Yeah. I was just saying related to Nate Dog because a dog. That's gotcha. all. Just to give a hint. <laughs> what producer directed the video for Outcast's debut single Players Ball? I know this. Um, was it Hype Williams? He's not a producer. Think producers, rap producers. Well, not just rap all the time. Wait, repeat the question. What producer directed the video for Outkast's debut single, Players Ball? Oh, and you're saying Hype Williams not a producer. Um, dang. And you said it's not a rap producer. No, I'm saying like they produce. R&B, pop, hip-hop. Is it um Jermaine Dupree? It's a good guess because Atlanta, but no, sir. Uh, I can tell you ain't going to get this one. Nah. Puff Daddy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't have guessed that. Now that you say it, it makes sense. Uh, what Atlanta rapper was once a walk-on basketball player for Alabama State before turning his career to a DJ and then rapper? Two chains. Was that easy? For me, because I just knew that, but most people probably don't. What this musical this musical collective based in Atlanta with heavy funk and soul influences, artists like Outkast, Killer Mike, Future, and Organized Noise have come from here. Name this collective. You have, we've talked about this before. It's Dungeon Fan. I ain't think he's going to remember. Yeah. Because there's only, I've only had, as many times I've asked this question, only like two people have ever gotten it. That's one of my favorite questions because no one gets it. Uh, what AT alien is cooler than a polar bear's toenails? Big boy. I thought it was going to be a little bit harder. <laughs> Just a little bit. But remember, I like 90s rap. Well, um, I, I think you'll get this. I may have asked it before. I'm not. I can't remember. Originally from Philadelphia, 
He helped usher in the gangster rap era while he was signed to Death Row Records. Corrupt? Yes, corrupt. It's always wild to really think that he is from uh, Philly and not from L.A. Well, you know, a rapper, like an actual Philly rapper is credited as making the first gangster rap song. His name is Schooly D, and he made a song called I've PS. heard that name. I've heard that name, yeah. actually. I didn't That's, know that. Didn't know. Like, even Ice-T will tell you I was inspired by Schooly D. What producer spent some of his, many of his teenage years in Philadelphia once being part of the legendary Roots band, went on to producing records with Dr. Dre and Timbaland. Scott Storch. Damn, how'd you guess that? I knew who Scott Storch was and that he was part of the Roots. Oh, you knew that? Most yeah. people don't know that, so that's why. <laughs> well, damn. Who are the four members of the hip-hop group formed in New Orleans, Hot Boys? Um, Wayne, Turk, BG and Juvenile. People be always be forgetting Turk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't name a Turk song if you had a gun to my head, but I just oh, know hell no. Yeah. <laughs> Who is the only rapper to have a Grammy, Oscar, and Emmy Award? We have definitely talked about this. I don't remember that now. Yeah, you said a Grammy, Emmy, and Oscar? Mm-hmm. Which we means have, he's only he's only one award away from getting the EGOT. I forgot who it is, but you definitely asked me this question before. Oh, but you don't remember. Shout out. My guess was always Ludacris, and that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, because Ludacris actually, ha- I think he has a Grammy and an Oscar. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, no, no. Ludacris has a, yeah, a Grammy and an Oscar. He doesn't have an Emmy. Because he got a, he obviously has a Grammy for his music, and then he has an Oscar for being in the movie uh, Crash. Yeah. Yeah, the Emmy is always the part that trips me up because I can't think of any rappers who have Emmys. <laughs> uh, just give it to me. Common. That, yeah, that's right. That's easy now that I said it right, thinking about it. What does he have an Emmy for again? You've told me before, but I forgot. I don't forget again. Let me look it up real quick. Common Emmy Award. Well, let me put Common Rapper Emmy Award. Uh oh, because he had that song for Letter to the Free on the documentary 13th. Right. <laughs> right. He's like, yeah, whatever that shit is. What rapper was what rapper was a walk-on basketball player for St. John's? Uh J. Cole. I was about to say, if you don't know that. All right, one more before we move on. Which two artists are the only hip-hop artists to have two albums in the top 10 high-selling albums of all time for hip-hop? So there's only two only two rappers have albums in the top 10 high-selling albums of all time, of all time hip-hop albums. Does that make sense? So okay, so these are two hip-hop albums. Two rappers, two rappers both have two albums. In the okay. top 10 highest selling rap albums of all time. So M has to be one of them. I, yeah, I that, one, like that one's easy. Yes. The second one is where it gets a little tricky. Highest selling. Hmm. I'm thinking it's probably someone who came out before the streaming era. <laughs> Fifty Cent. 
Nope. That people always guess that close. To, no, I'm not close, but he was pretty close. I think his uh, what's it called was not like number eleven. Um. Damn. Is it Kanye? <laughs> nope. Oh, you know what? I think when you tell me the answer, it's gonna make me mad because it should it shouldn't be like this rapper shouldn't have it, but I think it's one of those. Oh no, I think you might respect this. No, you're gonna be mad, you're gonna be upset. I will say that. You're gonna be kind of upset. Okay, if I know I'm gonna be upset, is it um but is it Will you Smith? may be um, you're gonna be upset for a different reason. And no, it's not Will Smith. <laughs> Damn. You're going to be upset for a different reason. Not because who it is. Just because what one of the albums is. That's why. <laughs> Kirk Franklin there. In hip-hop albums? I'm just playing. <laughs> oh, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's Tupac. And the second one is the greatest hits, Tupac. Right. Okay. That does make sense. So that's why you'd be a little upset because it was Tupac's greatest hits on there. All right. Well, that was a lot of trivia. Uh, you did really well. I know. You did. All right, nigga. All right. We're going <laughs> to come back. We're going to do uh, America's favorite game, Florida or Nah. Uh, we're going to miss Janice for this one. Uh, but we'll be right back. Chicken to liquor hour. 